tell you the truth, I do mind. You see, if it doesn't gel, it isn't aspic, and this ain't gelling. It's not coming together. Something's missing. Well, I don't know what you could expect me to know. People just come and go, you know. That was from the great movie Psycho. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth streaming. It seems everyone wants to know what you've been up to these days. Your history is everyone's business, like it or not. Future employers want to know your criminal record. They look at your credit score to see if you're good with money. After all, they're trusting you with theirs. Your background will be reviewed by landlords, banks, and credit card companies. But that's really just for starters. If you're dating someone new, there's a good chance he or she is going to dig into your background. But would you let your daughter date the guy with a mugshot, a criminal record, and a lousy FICO score? It's a double-edged sword that it's so easy to check someone's background. But how accurate is that data online? Sure, you can Google someone. You can check the social media sites. LinkedIn is terrific to see if someone works where they say they work or what they did in their past. Eventually, you will land on the background check sites. You've been to these sites. You enter someone's name, and they show you just a teeny tiny bit of the details. Then they string you along with bits of information until you click the link, and finally, you take the bait. To learn more, you need to pay up. Usually, it's a pricey monthly subscription. The background check sites hope that you forget all about them and don't cancel. You can learn a lot about a person that way, but what do the professionals use? How do they get the intel that they need? I'm talking about the people who make a living digging up dirt on others. You know, private investigators, the PIs. To get to the truth, I tapped into my longtime friend, Rich Robertson. He's the PI of PIs. Well, he's a CLI, a certified legal investigator. And when you look at Rich's background, I'll tell you, it's amazing. He's been the lead investigator on hundreds of complex criminal and civil cases, including numerous death penalty cases at trial, sentencing, and post-conviction levels. And then he also manages a whole bunch of cases in which a team of investigators is needed to accomplish assigned tasks. So finding dirt on anybody is an easy task for him. Well, you don't want to miss a moment of my conversation with Rich because we're going to talk about background check sites, which ones are good, which ones are bad, how can you trust this information, are there public sites that you should go to, and when is it really time to hire a good private investigator? So stay right where you are. In this Tech You Should Know podcast, we're talking about background checks. Specifically, I tapped into my friend Rich Robertson to talk about are the sites any good and what you should be doing online if you're trying to look up somebody. So, Rich, thanks for being here, and let's just start at the top. You see all these people search websites. Can you trust the information there? Is the information really accurate? So there's, there's all of these search capabilities out there. There's, there's all these websites that offer opportunities for people to background anyone and learn anything about anybody. And I can tell you that none of them are accurate. None of them are complete. Uh, many of them are misleading. Um, I, I've often wondered why the Federal Trade Commission doesn't clamp down on the claims that are made by some of these background sites because they totally mislead people about what they are capable of producing. 
there are a ton of reasons why people are searching for someone else's information online. What are some common uses that you've seen? There's a million different reasons that people use these sites. Some of them is to, are to find the lost love. Uh, some of them are using them to background prospective employees of their small business. Depending on what you're trying to accomplish uh, with it, uh, you can get varying amounts of information. And so if, if you're using it to background somebody for employment purposes, you're getting into some dangerous territory because you can't really rely on these for accuracy and completeness. And so you may miss something that's really important. If you're using them just to find somebody, a lost love, a uh, birth parent, uh, those kinds of things, there's no consequence uh, really for bad information. You just won't, may not find the person. How do these sites get all this information? I mean, certainly it seems like there are data aggregators that they're buying this data from. A lot of these websites uh, use information that winds up in the public domain because the information is old. So you're going to find a current address on somebody, for example, if they tend to be in one location for a while. Uh, if, if I've been in my house for more than a decade, uh, the data that's out there about me on the Internet is probably going to find me. Uh, but if I'm somebody who moves around a bit, uh, certainly if I've moved recently uh, or you know, I'm just couch surfing, you're not going to find me. With all these different people search sites out there, is there one site that's better than another? There is no one-stop shopping for backgrounds. There's no easy button, if you will, uh, that you can push and say, here's all of the criminal history on a person and all the civil lawsuits they've been involved in and, and all of that kind of information that you, you might want. You have to ferret that out from lots of different sources. And that's the problem with these background sites is they, they tend to overpromise about what's information that is out there. The, the sites do aggregate a lot of information from a variety of sources. Uh, some of it is, you know, a, well, a lot of it is government information. It's public records about property ownership and you know, criminal records uh, from, from courts. When you start looking at these people search websites, what are some downsides? What are some red flags? What are some precautions when we are using these sites? Because let's face it, we're all going to end up there at one point or another. There are weaknesses in that. Uh, frequently, information gets linked to the wrong person, uh, often because it's a similar name, but not exactly the right person. So uh, linking the this bit of information to the correct John N. Smith uh, is, is sometimes a challenge. It's a challenge for us to do it manually, let alone have a, a database try to figure out what's accurate. So if your expectation is that you're going to walk in there and push the easy button and get all of this uh, data about a person, uh, that isn't going to happen. So, Rich, you say a lot of the data is aggregated from public records, and that makes sense. But does this mean that I can find someone's complete criminal history at these websites? In addition to, to just being out of date and 
potentially linked to the wrong person, uh, you also have to know what's not available. Criminal records are probably the, the thing that people uh, th think that they're getting. Uh, they, they go in there and they think they're gonna run a criminal history on somebody and get everything that that person has been involved in from a criminal standpoint. It's, it's not gonna happen. There is one gigantic database uh, of criminal records that's maintained by the FBI. And I can tell you from my experience, a lot of information in there is in their computer system is incomplete and wrong. It gets linked to the wrong people. It uh, doesn't have correct uh, dispositions of these cases. And their information is coming directly from law enforcement agencies all over the country and court systems. If they can't get it right, if the FBI computer system can't get it right and complete, then I can guarantee you that a $25 search on the internet is also not going to be complete and accurate. Okay, still to come, we're going to talk about how you can find if that new person that just came into your life has a criminal background, or what about the nanny that you just hired, or what about this person that you just met online, or what about anybody who you are thinking about inviting into your life? Well, you might not have the full story even if you pay for a background check, and some of this information is going to shock you, so don't leave me right now. All right, welcome back to Tech You Should Know. We talked about criminal records, criminal history, public records, databases. But, Rich, my next question to you is about the FBI. I mean, we all have these visions of FBI computers and detectives, that everything's so integrated and managed and organized. But it's not really that way, is it, when I'm looking at public records? There is no central repository of court records. Every court system across the country uh, maintains their own systems and and their records are acquired uh, by these database companies and information companies, uh, and they try to aggregate them. And some jurisdictions don't have their information available that way. Uh, some have restrictions on the information about what's released. So Rich, tell me, where have you seen this firsthand? Can you give us an example? I can tell you in Arizona, for example, uh, the courts uh, contribute all of their information to the Arizona Supreme Court, which maintains a website where you can search Arizona records. But there are uh, several dozen, well, not quite there, there's uh, less than a dozen or so courts in Arizona that don't contribute to that system. But those courts, mostly lower courts and municipal courts, are in the metropolitan area of Phoenix, and about one-third of the population of Arizona lives in the jurisdictions that the courts don't report their records on. So just on that, if you think that you're getting all of the records of Arizona, when you search the Arizona Supreme Court site, you're missing about a third, well, even more than that, a third of the state, because even Tucson is the criminal records in Tucson are not on that site. And Tucson, and of course, is the second largest metropolitan area uh, in the state. 
Okay, sure, that's Arizona, but what about the other 49 states? How much of this criminal data is just not available? Some states uh, only provide prison records. So when you go onto a website and look at criminal records, what you're getting is records of everybody that went to prison. Well, about 80% of the people convicted of felonies don't go to prison. So that's not, that's incomplete all by itself. I know of one county in California in the Bay Area that doesn't contribute any of its criminal records uh, anywhere, any of its court records. You have to physically go into their court to look up court records there. It's not provided for public records. There's several, there's more than a million people in that county. Uh, so if, if your person had a legal problem in that county, it's not going to show up on that search that occurred uh, on the internet. So it's, and it's a patchwork all over the country of that way. There are some small counties that still maintain their court records on three by five index cards. You're kidding. They're still using index cards. Wow. Um, is this where hiring someone to actually do the research is the best way? When we as investigative professionals go out and try to background somebody, we actually have to dive into every jurisdiction where these people live. And even then, people get arrested outside of the jurisdictions where they live. And, and so even for us doing it manually, there's, there's, we can't assure people that we have everything. So you have to, I think my warning to people is that if you're thinking about backgrounding somebody, think about what the risk is that you're undertaking. If you're backgrounding somebody to be the nanny for your children, you might want to think about how important it is to get that right. If you're thinking about backgrounding somebody as an employee of your business who's going to be handling your money, you might think about how important it is to get that right. So, Rich, I have to tell you, anybody who comes to work for us, we always do a complete background check. Um, it's just standard. And I'm sure you've heard cases where people have not run the background checks and then they've later regretted it. Anecdotally, I can tell you uh, I did some work for a large company here in Phoenix a couple of years ago where they hired a bookkeeper. They didn't do any background on her. If, if, if they had done nothing more than Google her name, they would have discovered that she had been just released from federal prison for embezzling a million and a half dollars uh, from an employer in another state and had just gotten out of prison. They hired her and lo and behold, she started stealing from them too. So here's, here's a company that uh, if they had done just even one of these $25 background checks, they would have discovered something about her. So while something is better than nothing, uh, you have to uh, d decide what is important to you in getting these uh, in use, getting these backgrounds. And if it is something that's important, a nanny or employee, uh, you've got to can really strongly consider uh, having hiring a professional background uh, firm to do that kind of research for you uh, instead of relying on what's uh, on the public websites for 50 bucks. 
Wow, $50. Okay, we're going to talk more about those $50 websites when we come right back. So stay right where you are. Okay, let's dive in, Rich, into these background check websites. I mean, really, anyone can use these $50 websites, but isn't money well spent? Well, the, there, it's, it's certainly legal for them to have that up there. I mean, it's, it's all public information and publicly, uh, public domain information uh, that they're aggregating. So there's, there's, no, there's nothing illegal about it. Uh, you can get into some uh, weird kind of uh, areas uh, like for employment and housing. Uh, if you are an employer, you can do your own background checks on somebody if you would like. But if you pay somebody to go out and do that, then they have to comply with uh, various federal and state laws about uh, employment. Uh, it's under the Fair Credit uh, Reporting Act. It's uh, called FECRA. People seem to like to look at people's mugshots, jail arrest mugshots. Um, and, and there's a lot of problems with those uh, from a privacy standpoint. People get arrested and and then sometimes never charged. So they wind up in a public domain uh, with their jail mugshot out there on the internet, uh, even though they were never actually criminally charged with anything. So if you find somebody that's a prospective employee and you see that and you make a, a, a hiring decision based on that, just seeing that on the internet, there may be some issue that you, you may have to deal with uh, at some point. Uh, so there, it's, it's not so much that the information that's out there, it's, it's how does that information get used. So there's two sides to the coin. One, we want all the information out there about other people, but when it comes to my information, I really don't want it online. It's always been interesting to me that we want to know everything we can about other people, but by golly, I don't want anybody to know anything about me. So there's this simultaneous demand for information and a, and a demand that this information not be out there. Anything that is put online, it's really difficult to remove it. But let's say it's public information about you. What about a mugshot? I mean, and you don't want it there. How do you go about removing it? Is it even possible? Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, it, it really is difficult, if not impossible, to get that stuff entirely erased. It's, it's unringing the bell. If your mugshot is out there, you got arrested and your mugshot is out there, uh, there's a variety of companies that make money uh, putting that stuff up on the websites. They make it through advertising and the clicks and that kind of thing. There's some unscrupulous ones who will uh, go out there and, and when somebody calls and says, hey, I never got charged. This is not fair. This isn't right. Uh, you're invading my privacy. You're causing me to uh, lose jobs or get kicked out of my apartments. Uh, there's a few unscrupulous ones out there who will say, we'll remove it for a fee. You pay us certain amount of money and we'll take your mugshot off offline. Well, you're, you're kind of getting extorted in that sense. So what can you do about it? Is there any hope in getting these images taken off? The problem with that is it's out there on a variety 
hit websites. So what are you going to do? Run around and try to find every single website and pay them money to get it removed. Uh, Arizona just passed a law that makes that kind of practice uh, illegal. So you you can't uh, uh, mugshot.com kind of website uh, can't demand money from you to remove it. Uh, so you can still demand to remove it, but you may not have a lot of it, it. The statute gives you a little bit of leverage to help you get it removed. It's a, it's a, sadly, it's a game of whack-a-mole because you're running around the entire internet trying to find every place where your information exists. Okay, let me give you a different scenario. Say you get arrested, you're never charged. Maybe it's mistaken identity, wrong place, wrong time, you know, whatever. But your mugshot is online. What happens then? We've got a poor guy here who we, we assisted in a criminal case where he was accused of being the freeway sniper uh, terrorizing Arizona. And the governor and the state Department of Public Safety made a big deal out of his arrest. And they got the wrong guy. And so he winds up in jail for seven months and we go through all kinds of legal stuff. And he eventually we were able to get him totally exonerated. And the court issued an order saying that uh, because he was wrongly accused, that all of his court filings and police records are now sealed. But he was the subject of lots of publicity, and all of that is out on the Internet, including most of his court records that people provided links to. And uh, it's just out there. There is no way... He will ever be able to go anywhere without all of this information about him, wrongful information about him. It will always be there. So once once it's out there in the public domain, it's it's really hard to go out and try to uh, corral it back in. So this guy was accused of being the freeway sniper. I remember that. And even after being proven innocent, he still can't escape all the false information about him online. That's a nightmare. So, Rich, does anything really shock you these days? I mean, you've been doing this for so many years. Have you found anything on a background check that you're like, wow, I never saw that before? Wow. Uh, I've been doing this stuff for 50 years almost, and uh, almost nothing shocks me anymore. (laughs) You know, I, I guess I get more worried than shocked, I suppose. It's that I, I'm finding just bad information out there about people or information about the wrong people. Uh, I see people making conclusions about information that they get off the internet uh, without ever attempting to verify it. Uh, it's, um, it's the same problem that you have with people reposting uh, scurrilous memes uh, political or otherwise, uh, that they, they don't fact check it. They don't, you know, some quote is attributed to somebody, uh, you know, as Abe Lincoln once said, the internet is a dangerous place. You know, it's just people don't even have critical thinking about it. Uh, and it's the same problem that you have in, in relying on the information on the internet when you're trying to get information about real people, uh, you, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's accurate and doesn't mean it's complete. 
and you have to be a skeptical, cautious consumer of the information and drill down into it uh, to verify whether or not it's true. Because, uh, and particularly if they're, if the stakes of what you were trying to do by backgrounding somebody are high, even if it's just, if it's for a, a nanny for your children, you want to make sure that you have it right. So it's pretty clear that if you want a decent background check, I mean, a good thorough background check, is that you have to hire a good PI. How do you find a really great private investigator? You know, those, you, it's just like any other cautious consumer. There's, there's, you can get recommendations from, from people. Uh, I know that people that I, I mostly personally, I, I work for attorneys. So, uh, and attorneys ask other attorneys for referrals on investigators. Uh, so it's, you're probably not gonna, you, you shouldn't buy them off of Craigslist. Uh, there are state associations. Uh, you can just Google them uh, for the various state associations to get lists of uh, private investigators. And a lot of those associations kind of vet their people to make sure that they're licensed and uh, don't have any other kind of problems so that, that a membership in, in an organization like the National Association of Legal Investigators uh, is a prime example. Uh, they've to become a member of that organization, you get vetted uh, by other members to, to make sure that you are, have uh, some experience and qualifications. So that gives uh, people who are looking to buy investigative services uh, some level of comfort that somebody else has already looked at them. Uh, there's uh, a number of organizations like that. Rich, you're always so amazing to talk to. And before I let you go, are there any final takeaways that you want to leave for our listeners? The bottom line for consumers is to uh, do something. Uh, it's better to do some research than no research. But when you do start doing that research, be skeptical, uh, be inquisitive, verify the information through the original documents, the court documents, that kind of thing, uh, so that so that you can have some confidence in the information that you gather. Yeah, and speaking of information, have you ever wondered how other people see you on Facebook? It's a good question because you probably don't share your post with everyone on the internet, but you may have posted links a long time ago that you forgot about, but other people still see. The same goes for photos. And it's a really great idea to check how others see you at Facebook. And it's important, too. I mean, these days, employers and landlords, everybody, they do check your social media accounts. So here's how to see how other people see you on Facebook. You just go to your Facebook profile, and then you click the three little dots next to View Activity Log, and then choose View As. There's a drop-down menu. You can choose even View As a Specific Person. Now, over at commando.com, we have a ton of tips to help you do your own background check on yourself. And if it's just something that you're curious about, whether it's how to Google yourself the right way, and I'm also really a big fan of setting up Google Alerts so that anytime your name gets posted on the Internet, you get an automatic notification. Again, we've got just a slew of information over on the website. 
And if you liked this podcast, you found it interesting or helpful, here's what I want you to do. A huge favor, just share it out with your family members and friends, because this way we tell more people about Tech You Should Know and the Kim Commando Show podcast. And speaking of, make sure that you subscribe. So this way you get episodes automatically and new shows even when you're sleeping. And what would be really fantastic, one final thing, leave us a great five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and some nice words because that helps us get to the top of the charts, which we all need. And a special shout-out of thanks goes to Rich Robertson for joining this podcast. And a big thanks to Mike James and Cassidy Zimrick for all their work getting this podcast together. And a special thank goes to you, really. I mean, because if you weren't listening, probably only my mother would. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. 